Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. So, how you doing tonight? Things are good, things are bad. <laughs> things are batshit crazy. I mean, planet earth you know when your soul was planning on incarnating on earth this time around did it read the fine print did it (laughs) at the bottom of the brochure it says your results might vary pictures do not actually depict what your experience will be I'm excited for tonight's conversation, living the life you love, living the life you love. I mean, that's such a cliche, little quaint, cute sentence, living the life you love. How special. The um, I was I was reminiscing before the show started about the 12 years we've been on the show. And uh, 12 years, 12 years ago, good crud, my life was uh, it's quite a bit different than it is now. And if I had thought about living the life I love back then, and I think about it today, it's quite substantially different in some very core fundamental ways. Um. Living the life you love. So tonight in this in this podcast, we're going to talk about you, the individual, and you, the collective consciousness, as the two are pretty much connected at the hip. I know in, there's no one person that dictates the collective consciousness, but collectively, duh, Uh, we can have a very profound and substantial influence on the collective. Living the life you love. Well, for one thing, having this podcast, (laughs) for the long-time listeners, I bow to you. Namaste. What a road we've been on. Tom, bitch, who saw this coming? (laughs) Some of the topics, like uh, I've been chewing on epigenetics lately. The the idea that our consciousness crafts our DNA. And uh, when we think about our future... I think it's going to serve us well to really kind of shake off the old template that we had about envisioning our life, the uh, the, the white picket fence. Um, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to click off up to you know several decades with a company, and I'm going to retire. 
And then perhaps 2019 or maybe back farther, um, that kind of a mindset kind of worked. I mean, I don't think 2019 it was too functional, but the idea of a template for life, here's, here's the path that you take. Here's the, um, here's the template. Here's what you do. Here's the, the guiding light, so to speak, of how you can live your life and, and know that you're on the straight and the narrow, a metaphor. But, uh, you know, I think there's something that happens that changes you as you work on your, your spirituality, as you work on your consciousness, as you work on your personal energy persona. A few episodes back, we had Erica on and we talked about the Akashic Records, and she shared in her interview a session that she had with me. And, and well, what do you mean by session, Les? Uh, what are you talking about? But th- this is really um, profound for me, for me. I can, I can speak for myself better than anybody else on the planet that can speak for me i kind of went in a cave i know that we've had the show for 12 plus years and maybe for the last uh, eight years or so i've been a bit of a hermit i live in suburbia of denver colorado in the united states and uh I metaphorically went into the cave. I went into my inner self. I I put my main focus on my own consciousness, my own subconscious, my own personal energy persona. And I scrubbed and I scrubbed and I scrubbed. When I say I scrub my psyche, um, I would say that I... I could say I cleansed it, or I could say that um, I think a more technical way to look at it, like the physics of consciousness. Dun, 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 dun. I, um, I, I reconstituted the uh, vast arenas of my psyche that I had been separated in, that I had been postured in, that I had been um, divided in, I guess. And what I'm talking about is reconstituting our, our soul, reconstituting our consciousness. I've been writing uh, curriculum material for online studies, for in-person studies, and uh, as as shared in that show, you can go back. It's I don't know. Uh, they're a blur at some point. Maybe f- four weeks ago, Erica had a show about 
he leaving the Akashic Records. And and it kind of happened on a spur of the moment thing. We had chatted a little bit, and she, uh, she, she knows me personally. We we met through this uh, this uh, spiritual meetup group. Maybe the first time might have been over a year ago, and uh, I, I got this uh, compelling inspiration to to give her a session and I gave her a session and it it cleaned my clock it it really it really cleaned my clock because when you're in a cave by yourself metaphorically and you don't um, practice your um, craft you don't interact with others with your craft. You don't, um, I don't know, test the water, uh, share it with others, contextualize it, write it down. I've been scrubbing my psyche now for 25 plus years. 25 years of, of cleaning my my karma, my consciousness to... I really like the term reconstitute. And when I say reconstitute, I mean, I think we take on karma when we posture, when we form a bias, we form a judgment, and then we charge ourselves emotionally. And that creates a standing wave of energy in our psyche that the the law of attraction calls out for a teacher to show us an aspect of ourself. And when we reconstitute, we dissipate all the stored energy and and we collapse the judgment, we collapse the polarity, and we're reconstituting, we're recombining. Where there was separation in our psyche, we, we bring union. We reconstruct or reconstitute our past where we where we took on this posture. About 12, uh, 12, 13 years ago, my soul unexpectedly took me by the neck. No, it's metaphorically, but quite literally moved my consciousness up and up and up and up and up and up and up so completely up that I moved into just light. I would call it the non-local space, non-dualistic space. It was just consciousness, just consciousness. And there was nothing, not a thing there. There wasn't a me, there wasn't a you, there wasn't time, there wasn't space, there wasn't, there was just nothing. It was just pure consciousness. In the beginning was the light. Well, boy, howdy, that was the light. I was in a field of light without any 
polarity or, or duality. And uh, and then after a while, um, I returned back down to my, quote, ego, unquote. And uh, recently, as I came out of the proverbial cave, I gave Erica a session, and you can go listen to it. She shares her experience in her wonderful episode. She's she's a very powerful. Um, she has a very powerful modality to help you connect with aspects of your akashic records that need healing. But when I gave her that session, and this is the first session I had given to anyone for many years, and she goes to the light. She goes completely into the light. And it only took like 15 or 20 minutes, and I'm like, what the fuck? What is going on? I had spent so many years scrubbing my psyche, and then my soul takes me up into the light and i'm i'm thinking i'm i'm getting close to that i know it's the for the ego to talk about enlightenment is is <laughs> it's the stuff gods make jokes about but i don't care this is what i'm experiencing and i'm trying to uh be a as objective and sincere as possible. And the reason I bring this up is because how my life has changed. I've When I have a show coming up, typically it's a guest, it's not me. But this week I've really been noodling, living the life you love, living the life you love. Living, living life. So what I'm getting at here is a real core aspect of me has changed. And I'm not sure I can put my finger on when exactly this happened. Um, Perhaps it was slowly over the last uh, decade or two, but... Something's changed in my psyche. And what that is, is directly related to my future. It's directly related to my life path. It's directly related to me living the life that I love. And it's not at all what I would have described a couple of decades ago. Because I I didn't know. I didn't know. And what I'm getting at here is living your life from your heart and your soul versus living your life from your ego. I had thought my life was pretty much on track, like railroad tracks going to the horizon. I'm going to be a TV engineer, and I'm a father and a husband, and and I'm doing that white picket fence thing, and that's going to be my life, and that's going to be 
wow, working in TV is so much fun. I love the technology. I I love how it makes my my thinker think, and um, it's so much fun. But that life was was um, I guess I'd call it a a, a single narrative. A single narrative. Now, this is a global show, and people around the world might not understand when I talk about a movie called Pleasantville. Pleasantville is a movie, DVD, if you if you might. And in the beginning of the movie, the, the movie pretty much has two parts, the first half and the second half, so to speak. In the first half, it's like the 1950s. Dad goes off to work. Mom stays home. The kids go to school. It's 100% that white picket fence. It's 100% that template of living. If I fulfill my part and everybody else fulfills their part, we're living this this what would you say, a a utopia. I mean, we all know what we're supposed to be doing, and when we all do it, everything seems to click. But as the movie progresses, the first part of the movie, the first half of the movie is black and white. It's 1950. It's black and white. And then... Through the movie, people connect to what I would um, – there's several things you could call it. You could call it uh, consciousness. They awaken to consciousness. They awaken to their their passions. They awaken to love. They awaken to perhaps a more sincere desire within them. And as they do this, their life brings on color, and they use color to show a new dynamic for the movie. And as as people wake up in this Pleasantville, this little town, the black and white people are scared to death of those that are waking up to their consciousness, to their heart, to their passion, to their joy. And so metaphorically, I really like that as an example of what can happen on our own spiritual journey. Perhaps everyone's, well, not everyone, uh, some people are, are wide awake the day they're born and they never go to sleep and they're they're wide open their whole life, and we've had them on the show, but for many people, there's some event or something in our life that wakes us up, or at least cracks us open and changes our trajectory, and our waking up can take a year or three or a couple of decades. (laughs) But living the life you love... So if right now I asked you to sit down with a blank piece of paper and totally ignore your current circumstances, 
and daydream, daydream up what your life, what you would like your life to be in, say, five years. Would you dream that up from your head, from your ego? Would you dream that up from your heart? Or perhaps would you already have an idea from your soul in the form of your life purpose? There's the, the perception of the ego, and then there's the perception. I'm going to uh, lump some our heart and our soul together as a separate perspective. Our ego and our heart and soul. But what's really changed for me, and um, I'm I'm really dumbfounded. I'm my ego's kind of in, uh, I guess you might say, bewilderment or in awe of letting go letting go of what I thought my life would be. My soul has been showing me some pretty big-ass ideas for my life. And I look at my the history of my life. What is, what is that thing when my soul put me in front of these big-ass television transmitters, these really, really, really high-power high-power, high-energy systems. I didn't see that coming. I didn't know it's going to work in TV 40-plus years. I didn't know it's going to work with insane amounts of electricity. Our power bill was $7,000 a month. This is the kind of electricity where when you get shocked, you don't just fall over and die. (laughs) (laughs) you blow up. I mean, it's like, anyway, uh, I digress. Um, I think my soul chose that for my life path so I can comprehend this journey to the light. This, this journey of enlightenment, this, this, Spiritual path. Are you a spiritual seeker? Where is spirituality going to take you? Where is awakening your consciousness going to take you? How would your life change once you, quote, get there, unquote? For myself... When, when I think about the future and I look at the collective consciousness, if I look at the tribal etiquette, if I look at the current template of life, academics, school, um, jobs, retirement, what our society has come up with as far as 
the proper way for us to grow up, the proper way for us to be educated, the proper way for us to fulfill our life purpose, not even life purpose, to, well, what would you call it? What does society have us prepare for? Go to college, study, What are we preparing ourselves for based on what our society provides us as far as a a learning process or what is the results of the academics? What is the results of of following our cultural guidance, so, so to speak? And the reason I bring this up is I don't have to tell anybody that the world's been turned on its head, so to speak. The the cart has gotten tipped over the last couple of years, I guess two and a half years, 2020, 2021, well, several years now. <laughs> the normal, the template, the idea of what life is has been really um, – Falling apart. Even now, there's so much change going on, and I don't think we're done with it by any means. We have AI coming online. We have the the UFO phenomenon coming online. We don't we don't per se dive into those types of topics on the show for a very specific reason. And that very specific reason is you. The premise of the show is you as a listener, you as a listener by listening to this episode or any other episode, my intent is to provide episodes, to provide guests, to provide perspectives that grow you. So at the end of the episode, you're better equipped. You have more understanding. You have more ideas. You have more tools in your toolbox to deal with your life in any way that you see fit. Living the life you love. Living the life you, the listener, loves. What would that be? What would that be? So the collective consciousness is turned into uh, the tempest. There's all this upheaval. There's everything trying to distract us from ourselves. Do you know what you want? What would your life look like? What would your future look like? What kind of a future could you daydream right now that you would love? That you would love. Why is that why is it even important to to talk about this? Why are we talking about something that perhaps doesn't exist right now? 
Well, as you can tell, everything's up in the air. There's so many, there's a bit of a tug of a war, tug of war in the sense that um, people want their narratives to be the narrative. Has anybody felt pressure over the past few months about the correct way, the, the socially acceptable way to language or behave or to see yourself or label you or others? Think there's any hype there? You think there's any <laughs> emotional charge there? So who's going to decide your future for you? If you don't pay attention to what you want, if you don't get clear about what you want, if you don't take the time to daydream, and when I say daydream, I'm pretty much saying surrender your your consciousness over to your heart and your soul so your heart and your soul can show you visions of your life that becomes possible because your ego has let go of the moment. When you daydream, you let go of the moment and you allow your nonlinear self, your soul, your the passion of your heart to step in and show your ego visions of what your life might be. Well, Les, you don't understand. I've got this and I've got that and I've got this and I've got that. And I just, it's, uh, you just can't grab the rudder and whip it to one side and all of a sudden you're on a new trajectory. Yeah, I, 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 get, I get that. I understand that perspective. I understand that sometimes life isn't responsive when you try to make changes. I understand that maybe you've been doing vision boards or affirmations for a while now and you're not seeing real traction. You're not seeing real change in your life. Or maybe you're getting up there in years and you think, well, I can't change now. I mean, uh, I mean, Society has told me at this point in my life, it's it's pointless to think of anything new and dynamic. But living the life you love, the idea of the white picket fence, the idea that there's some kind of a linear commonality that um, I'll go back to the old model of get an education, get a job, retire, this this collective agreement of what a quote normal life should look like, unquote. I was certainly living that monologue, that singular narrative, like the first half of Pleasantville, kind of cut and dried living. Everybody's following the same script, so to speak. If you follow the script, you'll find it all works out. But that's kind of, it's really kind of blasphemy. 
blasphemy to tell consciousness, to tell the passion of our heart, to tell the vision of our soul that there's this singular narrative that is going to give us a life that we love. And I always got to be careful because with 8 billion people on the planet, even if 0.01% of them have a singular vision for their life, you know, maybe their role is to be a bus driver for tourists on a on a remote island, and that's their sole narrative, and that's why they incarnated, and that's their life purpose, and it is a singular narrative. Yeah, I get that. I understand. I try to be really careful that I don't uh, get sloppy with what I'm saying, but... Um, I guess what I'm what I'm getting at here is living the life that you love. I would suggest over time to teach your ego to trust yourself, to teach your ego to listen to your heart and your soul, to teach your ego to let go of a strict idea of what your life is going to be from here on out. I, it makes perfect sense to me that many of us have spent decades living a, a pretty consistent life up to 2020, and then the proverbial card tips over, I bet many of us, many of us have a completely new life path. Maybe you spent 20 years in education, and now your soul is showing you a vision for education that has nothing to do with how we did it in the past. Maybe your soul is showing you finance or commerce in a completely new model or medicine or our our cultures, our villages overall. If you look at the the past, we're we're in a transformational chapter of the human story on planet Earth. And <laughs> Transformational is the understatement of the year. This is a complete and total overhaul, and we're just at the beginning. We're just on the the early side of the changes, which will, will probably take decades. But our heart and our soul want an opportunity to present new ideas to ourselves and to our culture that are more nurturing, more supportive, more fulfilling, more sustaining for ourselves and for the collective. 
But that's just flat out not going to happen unless we make space in our consciousness for our heart and our soul to participate. <laughs> Life in the fast brain, your ego, the undisciplined ego, will gladly consume 100% of your consciousness day in and day out. Let me say that again. The undisciplined ego will gladly consume 100% of your consciousness as you go throughout your day, day in and day out. Where, well, our egos suck at nonlinear thinking. Typically, our egos are intimidated by a passionate heart. When our heart has a passionate vision for our life, a lot of times it's our ego that says, oh, whoa, Nellie, whoa, slow down here. What? We, what? That's breaking all the rules. We can't just live from a passionate heart. I got a template here. I got a scripture I'm supposed to live. Living the life you love. The more I cleanse my consciousness, the more I reconstitute my soul, the more I energetically discharge and cleanse and purify stagnant energy in my subconscious, the higher the vibration my consciousness is. And from that higher perspective, the idea of a linear life path just doesn't make sense anymore. To my old ego brain, it looks like a drunk housefly. What do I mean by that? I mean that... If I stay open, let's see, how can how could I describe this? So you have a a portal of consciousness within you. Your ego does not have a separate consciousness from your soul. In fact, all consciousness comes from source consciousness or God consciousness. In other words, there's no separation of consciousness. There's not two sources of consciousness. So your ego, your mind, runs on the infinite stream of consciousness that animates your body, that gets your heart to beat, your lungs to breathe, that runs your subconscious, your conscious, your superconscious. Your soul is a portal of source consciousness that flows into you. Running the whole rodeo, when your soul disconnects from your body and that, that etheric cord breaks, Game over. Your body returns to the earth. Your ego doesn't have any consciousness of its own. It runs on the consciousness that that portal, that real-time portal, that field of light at the core of your being. If you were to take your finger and point to your chest 
and then imagine that the core inside of you is that white light, the kingdom of heaven is within. Now, the kingdom of heaven is within. Now, that white light within you The, the return of the soul is to heal and reconstitute all the places our psyche has been separated from the past. The more you cleanse and heal, the more you reconstitute your consciousness it's really unraveling your subconscious and moving it into a conscious space. The more that you do that, I don't man, how do you how do you describe this? It's like your I always like it when I have to search for words because it makes me think about how to articulate. The more you reconstitute yourself, the more you purify your persona, the closer in vibration you come to source consciousness. When you go into the light, when you taste the fruit, if you will, of the light, it's a game changer. I want to make a quick point about a, a slight tangent, but to explain spiritual teachers, spiritual gurus, spiritual leaders. There's many teachers, spiritual teachers, spiritual gurus, spiritual um, leaders and we've had them on this show, and that's just fine, that, um, what am I saying? Once you go to the light, you, you uh, it shows you a scale of consciousness. It shows you a, a scale of potential. It's really a, a scale of consciousness for your spiritual evolution. And what I'm saying in this tangent is there's a lot of spiritual teachers out there that haven't got very far up the ladder, and they think they're at the top. They think they're in the flipping light, and and yet if you listen to their language, they have <laughs> they have no idea what they're talking about as far as the top rungs of the metaphorical ladder that we climb when we raise our consciousness. And when you when you experience the light, all of a sudden it puts a scale, a perspective, a, a gradient or a metric, and you can start to understand how you're looking at your life, what you're looking at your life from, the perspective, the vantage point. Living the life you love, for me now, 
I shared on the show a prayer. You want to kick your own ass? You want to kick your ass? You want to give yourself a boost in your spiritual journey? I've said this on the show before. Pray, pray this prayer. Divine Mother, Divine Father, any term you want to use for God, Goddess, show me a way that I can be a bigger vessel of compassion for humanity. Show me a way that I can be a bigger vessel of compassion for humanity. (laughs) And invariably, if you pay attention, you'll get visions of what your life can be where you're, I don't know how to describe it, you're operating at a whole different level. It's like you've surrendered your life to God. The more you purify your persona, the more you cleanse your identity, the more you cleanse your sense of self, the more you no longer posture with all that is. Was it Gandhi or Ernest Holmes that said, if you can't see God in the next face that you bump into, you, there's no need to look further. When you heal your relationship with the totality of humanity, when you heal your relationship with really all that is, that's that reconstitution part I'm talking about, you you move closer to the idea, the notion of God, goddess. When you purify your persona and you live an authentic life, pure persona, authentic living, then you're in resonance with the divine within you. Jesus uh, would take his friends over and say, hey, hold my beer and, and turn his persona into pure white light. He'd turn his persona into pure white light. That's what I want to do. That's what I'm targeting. Sometimes when I meditate and I open my eyes, there's a white fog in the room. It doesn't stay very long, but I'm working on that. And I think I'm I'm getting closer and closer to where my soul took me 10 or 12 years ago by purifying myself, by aligning with the authentic vision that my soul has for my life. Living the life of love. Living the life of love. The more you purify yourself and the closer to resonance with the divine idea of you, the divine light at the core of your being, you become a vehicle of the divine. There's absolutely and certainly a surrender to it. It's like God, goddess is sitting there going, well, dude, 
totally up to you. You can you can stay in your head and live the rest of your life out doing whatever the hell your ego wants, or you can surrender what you thought your life might be and trust. Is that damn trust word? To really, you know, that's a that's a topic in and of itself for a show. To to learn how to really trust yourself that in the moment, in the moment, all throughout your day, your heart and your soul can give you sway to guide your life. Hey, go over there and talk to that person. Uh-huh. The, the ego uh, would not see a reason or a purpose for that. But when you let go, and you you learn how to heal your relationship with love, love has a consciousness, love has a purpose, love has a vision that is hard to describe because it's not really tangible. I mean, the ego idea of a vision is, well, two more years of school, and then I'll, I'll start off in a you know, hospital and I'll get some some experience and then I'll do that. That's all linear stuff. That's all the brain stuff. But love love can have a vision for your life and there's nothing linear about it. It's like you surrender to love and and <laughs> your ego isn't handed some chart. Your ego isn't handed some well, in 12 years you'll be doing this, and in 20 years you'll be doing that. That's not how love works. And so I I would suggest it's really rare in the past. I think it'll be more and more common on the planet. It's really rare for people to heal their relationship with love and then and then choose to live a life of love. Living your life from love. It's like you become love's biage. Love, <laughs> love's idea of your life is always much more fantastic than your ego could ever dream of. To your ego, love doesn't make sense. It's that drunk housefly. Where are we? What? 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 There's, there's not. You lose the linear idea. That white picket fence. You lose this, this vision of your life. And it all becomes a variable. And there's something about the light. There's a, a, a very deep, a very, very deep sense of peace that grows and wells up in you as you purify your persona, as you live a more authentic life, pure, authentic you. Living your life from love could have been the topic of the show, the title. 
It changes everything. Heaven on earth. Heaven on earth is perhaps every persona coming from a place of unconditional love. Living in the light of love. Ascension, spiritual growth is not bringing God down or goddess down into your persona. It's already there. Metaphorically, it's more like your ego goes up than God goddess comes down. God's already here. Goddess is already here. But when we move our ego into alignment, God doesn't change per se, like like there's a static idea of God. Um, when you purify your ego and teach it to park it at that portal. Remember we talked about the portal of where your consciousness streams into your body to animate the whole rodeo. It's like your ego doesn't have to figure anything out anymore. Sure, you need to pay the mortgage. Sure, you need to... um, your, Your ego's there for a purpose. But the folly of humanity is we've been suffering from ego overdose, where the vast majority of humanity lives 100% of their day in their ego. But to live the life that you love is to move your... Move your ego into alignment with love. And that, I would suggest, is your spiritual journey. The the light within your persona, your enlightenment, the buzzword of the day, capital E, dun-da-da-da. There's no ego there. There's no personality there. It's just the flippin' light, L-I-G-H-T. So your spiritual journey, your spiritual path is to reconstitute, to reunite everywhere in your psyche that you've separated. You've divided yourself down, you've fragmented yourself down, and then you you take on an emotional charge with this posturing and over lifetimes, you load up your subconscious, and I do mean load up your subconscious with countless instances of fragmentation from an energetic point of view. And that's what lowered your vibration, and that's what shut down your chakras, and that's what turned off your intuition, and that's what pretty much pushed all of your your strategy up into your head with your intuition shut down and your chakras shut down. There's no intuitive information available to your ego in the moment. So your ego tries to run the whole rodeo and your ego only, typically only decides what to do based on what's worked in the past. Well, now you're you're getting down to a 
a single trajectory, uh, a single narrative for your life. That's the sign of an ego where you're living a, a single narrative, the narrative in your head, the linear narrative in your head, a single narrative, when your heart and your soul could be running many narratives concurrently, and none of them are linear. Living your life from love is to surrender your day, excuse me, your day in and day out Inspiration, your day in, your day out choices, your day in and day out trust. We have a fantastic opportunity as a collective right now. Normal's been thrown out the door. The normal of the past is metaphorically the first part of Pleasantville, it's a single narrative. It's a single collective idea of the correct way to live. But humanity has an opportunity now, and many of us were born during this time to help bring about the the new the new chapter for humanity. I mean, this time has been prophesized for eons of time. And here we are now, we, you and me, the human beings, us, the flesh and bones, us, the new humans, are going to be what anchors the the new dynamic The new dynamic narratives, plural. The wisdom of your heart and your soul can easily handle, uh, uh, maybe the word mental is the wrong word, the wisdom of your heart and your soul can handle a much more dynamic and vibrant life for you, many different narratives. When I got cracked open and I started working on my psyche, my life expanded. Now I have a podcast and I write books and blogs and I'm, I've, I've been fascinated with water, the, the revitalization of water, the vitality of water. There's a thing called the Bovis scale. Just like uh, Dr. David Hawkins made a scale of human consciousness the bovis scale is an idea of the vitalization of water. Water is a very fascinating thing. I really didn't care too much about studying water five years ago, perhaps. But here's that dynamic narrative thing. I'm really fascinated with water, and I think I'm going to delve into it more and more because my heart and my soul are telling me to. A new 
dynamic is coming up in my life. Hey, let's learn about water. Hey, let's here's a, a water rejuvenator. Try it out. Give. Um, I've been I've been playing with how to treat water, how to revitalize water, and the current configuration I came up with. The first class I had, my body said, whoa, where has this been all my life? This is the good stuff. And for about two and a half, three weeks, four weeks, whatever, I couldn't drink enough. My body loved the, the vitality of water. I was able to reconstitute in my home, and I'd say my health improved several hundred percent, several hundred percent because I listened to my heart and my soul. My health improved several hundred percent in the last year. My health improved because I listened to my heart and my soul. My heart and my soul loves me. My heart and my soul loves my past, my mistakes, all the times I might beat myself up, my heart and my soul love me. And so by healing, and, and let me be really clear here, I'm nowhere near the end of evolution of humanity or anything. I'm. It's not like... Uh, um, it's not like I've um, finished the journey back to the light. I'd love it to to master that in the best possible way I can in this lifetime to more fully embody the infinite field of light, the infinite field of love that I visited 12 years ago, and I think I'm coming back in the hood. I'm in the neighborhood of that. But for the rest of my life, I will continue to reconstitute my experience with the light of love at the core of my being. Enlightenment's a discovery. It's not a creation. There's nothing outside of you that you can bring into your psyche to, quote, make you enlightened. It's rather an unraveling of everything that fragmented your light, fragmented your consciousness over the years, over the lifetimes. To reconstitute yourself after that is the journey back home to the light of love. Well, who? So I'm working on curriculum. I'm calling it Pure Authentic You. Pure Authentic You. Purity. If I say that you are pure, I'm not uh, labeling you with any label except purity. I'm, there's, I'm not picking a side. I'm not choosing a template. Purity. Purity in and of itself does not describe anything about your personality outside of whether you got a lot of karmic junk in your trunk or you've cleaned yourself out 
The purity of your persona is a very impersonal statement. It doesn't say right or wrong, left or right, here, there, whatever. Purity is impersonal. Pure, authentic. Now, authentic, nobody on the planet can tell you when you're being authentic because your authenticity comes from within you. If If I tell you that you're authentic, again... I'm not telling you anything about yourself as far as left or right or up or down or right or wrong. Pure, authentic you gives you a clean slate, and that's really, really important. If if you're following a spiritual guru now that is projecting their idea, right, wrong, left, right, up, down, whatever, then uh, they suck at getting you to the light. Because when you get to the light, there will be no polarity. So if your guru has polarity, they suck. (laughs) So I've been very, very careful with my languaging, pure, authentic you. I'm coming out with classes called Pure, Authentic You. And it's basically a a curriculum for enlightenment. It's basically a curriculum for spiritual growth. All the buzzwords the spiritual community likes to use. My soul put me on this planet so I could language that with a Western dialogue from working with very high-power television transmitters because the light within you is super high power. That's the that's the that's the stuff. <laughs> my my soul lined me up for this. Go learn about power by working with intense, insane amounts of power. Twenty four seven three sixty five. I've been on call for forty years. Learn about that power and then crack your your sweet ass open. I'll drag you up to the light, show you around, and then you go find your way back. And that's what I've been doing. And uh, so the curriculum, Pure Authentic You, is kind of a physics class of the journey to enlightenment. Kind of the physics of, of how we take on karma, load up our psyche, fragment our consciousness, and then once the soul's had enough of the shadow and we decide to return to the light, we flip a 180 and reconstitute. We we recompose everywhere we fragmented ourselves by taking on karma. So if you live in the Denver, Colorado area, I'm going to do some in-person sessions and teaching, and I'm setting up some online classes for anywhere, anyone, anywhere in the world that wants to contemplate, to learn uh, a Western model of how to 
make that spiritual journey back to enlightenment. We're all enlightened now. The only difference is, is our ego in resonance with the light within us. Does our ego consciousness even recognize the eternal enlightenment, the internal light in us, and then move into resonance with that? And then love moves in, and when love moves in, the the whole flipping dynamic explodes in a beautiful, wonderful way. And you teach your ego to surrender to that and allow it. And that's when the real the real journey starts of of being a vessel of unconditional love to conduit God, goddess, intention in you, through you, as you, as you go throughout your day. Damn, damn, some bitch, I'm down for that. Put me down for that. I want to do that. I'm going to do that. Living the life I love? Hell yeah. I don't want to say no. I don't want to ever say no again. Hey, uh, uh, time's slipping by, but I want to thank you for joining us in this journey, for spending this time with us tonight. I, I know I've got 12 more years, probably a lot more than of podcasts, probably shows, maybe in-person studios, TV. Hey, I've worked in TV 40 years. I wonder if that's part of my future. Hmm. So stay tuned, newhumanliving.com. And if you want to learn about me and my personal journey, lesjensen.com. One exciting time to be alive, to birth a new dynamic, a new idea of what it means to living a life as a human being out on a planet. How cool is that? Hey, thanks for spending this time with me. Always a pleasure. I appreciate you. This has been a New Human Living broadcast. If you're looking for spiritual resources, there's literally hundreds of podcasts just like this one, free online. You can find them at newhumanliving.com. If you sign up for the newsletter, I write a weekly blog that helps you contemplate the nature of nature, contemplate the nature of your own human genome, contemplate your own human potential. How powerful is that? I can say it's powerful because you are powerful. I want to thank you for joining us in tonight's broadcast. I appreciate you, the listener. Until next time, thanks for listening.